on this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. The idea was hatched because I found that there was a lack of knowledge on what's going on around you. And I, and I understood that it would be a difficult problem to solve, but you have so many different actions happening. So tables can change, right? You could be at a table and it could go from $10 to 15 to 25 very quickly. So I said, you know, how can we as gamblers have more information to make the experience more effective? In Spanish, its name means the meadows. You might know it as the entertainment capital of the world, lost wages, or simply Sin City. Of course, I'm talking about fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. On average, 42 million people visit Las Vegas every year, and I'm one of them. I love this city. The sights, the sounds, the shows, the people, the history. I want to share all of it with you. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 54 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on this little podcast adventure to what I like to think of as the best city on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Before we get rolling into this episode of the show, I want to thank my guests from the last episode of the show, MJ and Bree from the Keeping It Casual podcast. The ladies hopped on board to help me out with something that I was incredibly unqualified to do offer tips and advice for planning the ultimate girls trip to las vegas we hit on all the important spots including hotels restaurants nightclubs spas and more plus advice on how to avoid drama on your girls trip and how to stay safe in your journeys in sin city if you haven't had a chance to check out the episode yet pop into the archives wherever you get your podcasts and search out episode number 53 girls gone vegas or head to the website at jeffdoesvegas.com all right on to the show If you're anything like me, you've got your smartphone loaded up with apps to help you navigate your Las Vegas trip, from rideshare apps like Uber and Lyft, to casino loyalty apps like Caesars Rewards and MLife, to gaming apps that help you earn Vegas freebies like MyVegas and Pop Slots. However, if you're a table games player and you're headed to Las Vegas anytime soon, there's a new app that you absolutely need to get your hands on. It's called BetMingo. BetMingo provides info about table games at casinos in and around Las Vegas, including betting minimums and limits, and it does this in real time, thanks to app users providing the info. My guest for this episode of the podcast is BetMingo co-founder and co-creator Gabe Punselin. Gabe and I chatted about where the idea for BetMingo came from, the development process, how the app works, and what the plans are for the future of the app. Please enjoy my conversation with Gabe Poonsalon of BetMingo. I'm actually, my background is in healthcare, so it's not uh, anywhere close to app development or anything like that. I, uh, I'm a, a CRNA, which is a registered nurse that specializes in anesthesiology. So I actually put people to sleep and wake them up for surgery. Okay. And um, and I'm based out of uh, Southern California, born and raised. And uh, but 
close enough to Las Vegas where uh, 15, 16 years ago, I went out with some friends and had a great time, and it's been a, uh, a destination that I've truly enjoyed and make uh, frequent trips out to. So how, how frequent of a visitor are you? This is what I like to call the measuring contest portion of the show. Um, <laughs> how frequent of a visitor are you? So, I mean, I go about four to five times a year. Excellent. Yeah, so it's it's not quite uh, degenerate levels like probably a lot of people out there, but it's uh, it's enough to get a good um, little gambling bender in or, or just having some fun. And uh, a few times I go per year is for business. Um, one of the main reasons is one of my good buddies from college uh, who's – who competes in this law enforcement race every year called Baker to Vegas. It's actually a a relay race that uh, different uh, law enforcement groups from around the world, including uh, the Canadian Mounties, um, run this uh, 120-mile relay race, 24 hours, uh, from Baker to the back way of Vegas. And uh, I drive a medical support van for his team. Oh, wow. And it just so happens to coincide with March Madness, and that's one of the reasons why I developed this app after one of those trips uh, in 2018 and uh, the unexpected uh, expenses that I uh, forced on myself uh, due to have some fun and, and uh, just wondering, you know, I guess these are the minimum. So I got to play them because I, I just went from hotel to hotel trying to figure out where can I find a game I want to play. But um, even the Westgate. They had $25 minimums, and that is the Westgate. And I was just so just flabbergasted that the minimums were so high, but people were playing them. And eventually, you just get beaten down, and you're like, all right, I guess I'll play here. And, of course, it went exactly like expected. Uh, your, your bankroll goes very quickly. Right. So the idea behind this app is is essentially it's allowing you or allowing people it's crowdsourcing information on on things like um, uh, on things like table minimums and and bets and and things like that, right? Correct, correct. So uh, the idea was hatched because I found that there was a lack of knowledge on what's going on around you, and I and I understood that it would be a difficult problem to solve, but you have so many different actions happening. So tables can change, right? You can right. get a table and it could go from $10 to 15 to 25 very quickly. But there are also times where tables at casinos that you wouldn't expect because people had a uh, preconceived notion that, oh, that, that's the win. That, that's going to be expensive. Don't even go there. Right. And surprisingly, there's tables empty because everybody thought the same thing. And they have $10 tables. And so I said, you know, how can we, uh, or, you know, as gamblers, have more information to make the experience more effective, make the ability to go to where we want to play more effective? And that's why I said there, I looked it up and there was nothing out there like what I was thinking of. And so that's why I decided to start this project. And and I was playing around with the app a little bit and and I got to say like it is it's very cool and it's very user friendly and it's very organized and very well set up 
And, and essentially, as I say, like it allows people in, in more or less in real time to tell people, Hey, the, the tables over here are great or the tables are low. I mean, that's, that's probably one of the biggest Las Vegas complaints right now is that people, they don't know where those lower limit tables are or those, you know, or the higher limit tables for that matter. They don't know where those are. And this is a way for people to, to actually get that information in real time, isn't it? Correct. And, you know, everybody has kind of an idea where, all right, if I want to play or find a five ten dollars game, most likely you would go down to Fremont Street or you would go here, you'd go there off the strip. Um, if I was here on this particular weekend, all right, sure. There's uh, You can assume pretty accurately that these certain casinos will be more expensive or whatnot, but it's not necessarily always true. And I think... Uh, having that information, and really just having any little bit of extra information can help dictate where you go. As far as, um, say you step out of your hotel on the Strip, you have six hotels around you. Uh-huh. And so you go, all right, which hotel should we go to? At this point, it could be a crapshoot. But with Betmingo, you may notice that Oh, this casino, as of 30 minutes ago, had this game at this valuation with these rules versus the other four or five didn't even have it. So at least that whittles down the direction you're going to go and can get you to playing your favorite game faster. And other than just the table limits and such, is there other info that you collect as far as how hot a table is or or how much fun people are having or, or things like that? So currently, um, when developing an app, uh, we wanted to drill down on the main functionality of what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, since there was nothing of an app, you know, some, anything like this, we had to really focus on, all right, what are the key performance metrics or what is the value we're trying to provide visitors to Las Vegas? So currently, uh, we're focused on table minimums. A generalized crowd score. And when we say generalized, there's only three taps. It's either going to be, uh, I think, empty. Uh, there's going to be a crowd score of, of light and then a crowd score of crowded. And we don't really have that defined in the, the app, but people can just kind of put like, all right, if the table's dead, it's empty. Uh-huh. If it's light, you know, we're looking at, is it half full crowded? You know, is it three quarters or all the way full. Um, and then we also provide rules. So, for example, craps is my favorite game. Uh, we'll put uh, the odds, any kind of bonus that's going on, and uh, just kind of a loose idea of what the conditions are of that table. Uh, the future, yeah, we are looking at doing a vibe score. We're looking at adding, you know, how fast do the drinks flow? Like, is the dealer fun or not? Like, all these different metrics, once we start adding these future these futures on, uh, will combine into some uh, through an algorithm of some sort that we have, that we're still devising into a, like a score that like a Rotten Tomatoes or whatever that'll give you an idea of how this table is at this casino. And so, I mean, how long has this taken you guys to? To develop this app, I mean, you mentioned it was 2018 when when you you kind of had this aha moment, right? It was after March Madness uh, 2018. Um, I came back and 
Like I said, I spent a lot more than I wanted to, and to add salt into the injury, my wife wasn't too happy about that, and so she <laughs> was waiting for a camera as well for her birthday. So I'm like, all right, throw it on there. You know, it's not fair if I just spent this and and go ahead, add your camera on there. <laughs> and so, so I it gave me a lot of good thinking on man, I better not let this happen again. Uh, so I put pen to paper. April 1st, 2018, and just started drawing out um, kind of the features that, you know, what were my issues and what am I trying to solve? Uh, I can tell you I have no formal business uh, education, uh, but, you know, with the internet nowadays, you can read so much. Uh And reading about um, how incubators and Silicon Valley, how they work on this, this process called Minimal Viable Product, the MVP, and reading about that and how to go about that, uh, I started drilling down what I was trying to create. Uh, through my hospital, uh, they had an incubator program called i and I joined that program just to kind of learn on how to develop a new product. And after that, uh, going through that program, uh, I had kind of a template or blueprint to start looking for a app development company to try to execute on my vision. Um, I also had my buddy, uh, who's my co-founder currently, he, he was a producer, or he's still currently a producer at a video game company. We, we both have our day jobs. Right. Um, and longtime friend and someone who had a very good vision for um, UX, UI, and stuff like that. Uh, I had asked him if he wanted to join this project, you know, join this adventure and see where it took us. So uh, the project started August uh, to August September 2018. Uh, it, it went really hard. Uh, went from a lot of conversations and talking with developers, and just every night after work, I would put my kids to sleep, say goodnight to my wife, and then go into my office and just start hammering uh, with the developers on this project. And finally, the first. Iterations started being completed around March of 2019. And from there, we started releasing it to small batches of people to get their input on user flow and whatnot. Uh, During this time, I was also uh, interviewing people because I think when you're developing something that's brand new, especially in uh, the environment of the casinos and whatnot, you know, I had no idea gaming regulations, if I was violating any gaming regulations, am I violating any casino regulations? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the casinos have so much money. Do they have something like this already? Right. So I fortunately came across, and this kind of goes back to, like, I think when you're, uh, you have a vision for something and you are, like, focused on that vision, doors line up and opportunities line up where people come into your, your sphere and your circle and they help you get to that next level. And during this time when I was in this focus mode of trying to figure out, like, all right, am I building something that maybe is already built or it's going to just get shot down right off the bat? Um, I had a friend come across, and uh, Naveen, and he's my corporate consultant now. And he let me utilize uh, some of his services that he had so he, uh, he can talk. He has this program that lets me talk to all the specialists in the world, really, 
And he connected me with Todd Hosshalter, who was the VP of gaming operations at MGM. Oh, wow. Uh, the ex-VP gaming operations. And this other guy, Yakob, who was the gaming strategy at the Sands. So, I mean, these people that I would not have normally been able to talk to, I got to pick their brains. Right. And talk to them about, you know, what am I getting myself into? And, and that really helped map out, um, help with the blueprint to show, you know, how do I sidestep this? How do I sidestep that? And, and helped in the strategy of forming the, the app. Um, finally, the app was released um, June, and then uh, we did a couple tweaks and then officially launched in July. It's, you know, as you say, it's amazing when you get those people that um, that can come into your life and into your sphere sort of, as you say, almost out of the blue and just just through luck. And and it's it's amazing. It's great that you had those people come in, because as you say, I mean, as I'm looking at this, at, at what you're doing and, and at how this app is set up, you're right. I mean, you you would be starting to be concerned about whether or not you maybe are violating some sort of gaming regulations by revealing limits and, and table information or even laws surrounding. I know there's so many um, rules and laws surrounding having smartphones at a, at a casino or at a table or in the casino. I'm assuming there was some kind of concern and a, and a fair bit of research done into that as well before you you took this as far as you did. Correct, correct. And and fortunately, you know, we we had these long discussions and took all my notes and compiled all those notes into what's the strategy? How what is the plan or the playbook on how to negotiate these obstacles? And uh, here we are today. So. And I'm assuming you've looked at the the trademarks and the patents and all that fun, enjoyable behind the scenes stuff on this. <laughs> correct, correct. So, what's nice about running a company and and being an employer versus an employee, I, I'm actually just an employer of myself and my co-founder. But um, you have you know, so many moving pieces that go on, and all the different hats you have to wear. Learning about the financial aspect of things rules and regulations and just keeping in code and it's been fun it's been a lot of fun uh learning and you know who knows where bet mingo goes but it's that process of once you you can start something and you take it from just ideas in your head down to paper down to a working app you can apply that knowledge to anything Mm -hmm. One of the things that I loved in your bio that you sent was was the way you worded this. You're a believer in breaking things and then putting them back together plus or minus one extra screw. I love that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, ever since I was little, you know, I, I enjoy playing with something, but then I would take it apart to see how it worked. And of course, you know, when you take something apart, Sometimes you have an extra screw or whatever, and you're like, ah, I guess it still works. Don't need this. <laughs> so, um, so I've always been a tinkerer and just, you know, seeing how things work and seeing how you can change things to make your experience better. Because I think when you're building something, even though I was building this for myself, I knew that there were other people out there that probably had the same issue. And... That partly is why this app is free currently, mm-hmm. 
and why there are no ads. So I'm not monetizing this thing at all. Uh, what I'm trying to do, though, is build a product that people truly want to use. And by building a product without all the distractions and without having to monetize it and worry about, all right, I need this to, to eat this weekend or eat tonight, mm-hmm. it, it can affect the user experience because you're just trying to put things on there to hopefully garner some more monetization. Uh, so, you know, I may end up flooding it with all these features that maybe no one really needs, mm-hmm. but just so I can pack it with these, all these features that when I list it on the App Store, it does all these things. But it, if it does it substandard, uh, it really is not a good product. So I've really taken my time in trying to build something with solid, like an organic following, um, uh, really good true feedback from users, and prioritizing all those different asks into, you know, all right, this is number one priority or top tier priority. This is middle priority. This is low priority. And even thinking of some functionalities that I wanted to put in uh, when asking some people or getting feedback, it was actually a lot lower in priority than I anticipated. So I've even put features that I thought would be cool down lower on the list to try to focus on what users really want. It's interesting that you frame it like that and saying you, you, you really do need to focus on, on the user and making it functional and getting a functional product out there. I, I recently, uh, interviewed and did an episode with, um, Tim Arnold, who runs, uh, he, he's the founder of the Pinball Hall of Fame in, in Las Vegas. And we got talking about the machines that he has in there and, and how he has to make sure that each and every machine runs the way it needs to run and is is functional the way it needs to be functional because he makes his money at the machines as opposed to some of the other arcades that are out there like a Dave and Buster's or or a GameWorks where you buy the card and then you load the card and the card you swipe the card at each of the machines cuz as he said they don't care once they once you've bought the card and you've loaded the card they've got your money and they don't care if Pac-Man works or not Whereas for him, he needs to make sure that Pac-Man works because if Pac-Man doesn't work, Pac-Man's not making any money for him. So it's, it's interesting. You're, you're sort of applying a similar business principle to, to Bet Mingo, which I think is really cool. And I think that, you know, and as you can see, you have a corporation whose focus is on the money, right? Their, their focus is on getting that card on the money. The user experience comes second. Mm-hmm. Because once they get their money, you know, like you said, the machine could be broken, not working, half working, whatnot. Where in the pinball machines, he has to focus on the experience because, and that experience is directly tied to the user using it. Mm-hmm. So he's focusing on the experience, not the, not just the money. So I think that's that's the key, and uh, you can have your vision is not as clouded when you can focus strictly on the user experience and. This is partly because I have a day job that allows me to afford this ability. Now, mm-hmm. I understand I'm very fortunate that I can do that, and not everybody's able to do that. But I think that really plays into um, the development of a project. So I have to ask, the name, Bet Mingo, where does that come from? So that was probably on a, at the bottom of a long list of names that my... Uh, my buddy and I were just shooting out 
text messages after text messages of thinking of all the different ways to uh, create you know, what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, I just wrote it down one day. I put, what is the goal of this app? And really, it was betting minimums. That, that was my initial issue. And so I said, betting minimums, go. So bet, min, go. And then you just put the M-I-N-G-O together, kind of like a bet mingo, uh, which is funny because our initial logo, I had a flamingo on there. And people were kind of like, I like the flamingo idea. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, bet mingo, flamingo, you know? Yeah. And But then the idea of, all right, is people going to associate this with the Flamingo Hotel or or whatnot? And I go, yeah, that's true. Right. So we chose just a B with a, with the arrow that's kind of like a compass mm-hmm. to help you locate your betting minimums. And I just kept the colors, kind of the black and pink, because it gives me a little bit of a reminder of, what I was thinking of initially did not even enter into my brain proving you are a much smarter person than I am. (laughs) (laughs) So how many users do you have uh, on the, uh, the bet Mingo network uh, so far? So we have about 400 users since launch in July. Okay. Which is, uh, you know, a little bit, I, I don't know how to, uh, measure this metric against, a similar app because there is no similar app. So I think a lot of it is bringing brand awareness and uh, product awareness to people out there. And from a lot of people that I've spoken with, you know, just the idea is kind of mind boggling. They're going, Oh, you're trying to build a ways for gambling. That's from Chris, actually from a, from a fellow podcaster. Ah, yes. Chris, Uh, Chris from faces and aces. Yeah. So he, he kind of coined that line there. When uh, on his initial tweet, when he saw the little video that I made, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so that that's kind of kind of where we're at right now with about 400 users. And the feedback positive, positive and really welcoming, um, which is great because you know it's when you hear stuff from the close 20 people or 30 people that you interact with, you know everybody wants to root for you mm-hmm. and. But you need to make sure that is the feedback genuine because, you know, my mom saying, Gabe, this is a great app. I like this. I like that. I go, all right, well, tell me the things you don't like. And it was always very hard for them to tell me that. But when you have complete strangers out there telling you it for real, you know, giving you a straight, straight shot answer Mm -hmm. and people actually promoting it themselves that gives me great validation and I'm, I'm pursuing the right thing. And it's really the, the positive criticism. That's what helps make the app better. And it's funny that you say that because even in this little, little podcast world that I'm, I'm living in, when I first got this going, yeah, it was great when family members would say, oh, you have a podcast. That's so cute. And it's so good. And it's fun to listen to, but where I, I really got, really jazzed the first time was when I got that first email or that first tweet from a total stranger, either giving me feedback or asking me a question or, or wanting my opinion on something that was where it was like, okay, now, yeah, validation. This is, this is really, is, is really happening. So I, I completely get where you're coming from on that. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, and you know, you're, you're doing this cause you're really stepping out on a ledge and you're wondering is, people going to enjoy this. And Mm -hmm. 
I can totally understand, you know, that kind of that trepidation, you know, where you're kind of like, all right. And you, I honestly feel it's the funniest analogy, but I feel kind of like a bowling ball with bumpers, and I'm just kind of bouncing from wall to wall as I learn what I'm doing. And my end goal is just to hit as many pins down as possible. <laughs> that's really that's really how it feels, kind of on a daily basis. Sometimes. Have you tried to get this thing in front of like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank or anything like that, or any kind of uh, investors or or people that that could take this to another level? Have, have you have you tried that at all? So my corporate consultant uh, Naveen, he's very well connected with with uh, financiers and and all this and that. Uh, the main reason why I have not taken in front of investors yet is due to my concern that once you start taking investor money, uh, when they say you jump, you say how high. Right. And I right now, I have my day job, which supports my lifestyle and whatnot. And once you start taking investor money, they may ha- start having issues with you working another job and not working on this project, which their money is tied into it. Right. So I'm kind of more bootstrapping it currently. And as I build traction and start the ball rolling, and I see that there's a definite line of sight where I can now take it to the next level, I'll definitely, uh, so to speak, uh, pour the kerosene on the fire. I think it's a, an amazing tool and and a very cool app. And I mean, I'm not a huge gambler. I'm not a huge table games player by any means. Um, but I can definitely see the value in this. And, and I think that once this thing catches fire, it is, it is really just going to go kaboom for you. I, I, I think it's, it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. If uh, people want to find Betmingo, uh, how do they go about doing that? So we have our main website, uh, betmingo.com. Uh, we have multiple social media outlets. So we're on uh, Reddit, we're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and really that was a learning process too, learning how to do SEO, learning what ASO was, learning how to you know, do Google ads, Facebook ads. Uh, so we're we're trying to make a, a name for ourselves out there. So you can probably just Google Betmingo and you'll find some link going back to us. And you guys are on uh, all the major uh, smartphone and uh, and device platforms, correct? Correct, it's correct. So we've built it on Android and iPhone or iOS. Fantastic. Well, Gabe, again, I I, I wish you all the best on this because I I, I really do think that that this is an incredible app. And if a person is going to Vegas, they're planning on playing table games, they're planning on not wanting to, to break the bank and, and, and still have the best gambling experience, they need to get on the Google Play Store, they need to get on the App Store, and they need to to download Betmingo and, and get signed in for this. Because, I again, I think this is really going to blow up for you guys. I think this is fantastic. Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Once again, Betmingo is available on the App Store for Apple devices and Google Play for Android. You can also find them online at betmingo.com and be sure to give them a follow on Facebook at Betmingo and on Twitter and Instagram at Betmingo app. And that 
that wraps up yet another episode of the podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter, or you're looking for suggestions for your own Vegas vacation on where to stay, where to eat, what to see, or what shows to hit up, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas. You can also drop me an email directly at Jeff at JeffDoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 54 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.